This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Good morning, Calvary. Welcome to church again. I'm glad to be opening the Bible with you today. We're going to do three more messages from the book of Acts in our series, going through the great episodes of God's unfolding his church to a great and diverse people in the first century. So if you have your Bible, let's open together to Acts chapter 20. We're going to only look at part of the chapter today, and we're not actually going to look closely at the opening section, but it's really got a great episode in it when a young man named Eutychus was listening to the Apostle Paul preach, and it happened to be that Paul started preaching, and he preached all the way to midnight. Eutychus was sitting up in the windowsill, and he fell asleep during the sermon. Can you imagine that? He fell asleep, and he fell out the window three stories down and died. Everybody was aghast, and Paul went down, and he resurrected him from the dead and said his life is in him. And I guess the only thing I would say is uh, you should be careful about not falling asleep during the sermon. You never know what might happen. You're in a comfortable couch. You're not on the third floor and you might not die, but you might. So pay attention. Actually, let me just say this as we begin. The Bible talks about opening the Bible with humility and confidence for the speaker And I pray that the Holy Spirit will use my words in all of our lives today as we listen to the word. The Bible also talks about the listener. Be careful how you listen, the Bible says. So I've been praying for you that as you listen, you will listen carefully to everything that God would say to us today from the scriptures and that being good listeners, we would hear what God wants to say to us in this day. And what a day in which we live. We need the guidance of God's word for the day in which we live. So you have your Bible, you're in Acts chapter 20. And let me begin reading in verse 17. Paul's on his journey and uh, he stops in the city of Miletus and he's going to call the elders from the city of Ephesus to give them this word. Now from Miletus... He sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable And teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Holy Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions Await me. But I do not count my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, 
For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves, then, and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be on the alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish every one of you with tears. And now I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Father, I pray that you will help us to understand these words and see the truth in them that you would have us know today so that we could live as your church in this challenging day in which we live. Help us to listen to your word carefully and let it speak to our soul and mind, to our will and to our emotions. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Okay, so we have spent a great deal of time talking about the unfolding of the church in all of these different cities. And today, we get Paul in the city of Miletus because he didn't want to make the extra trip to Ephesus, so he called them to come to Miletus so that he could encourage them. It was always Paul's plan to build a church, plant a church, and then to send these words of confirmation and encouragement, either through his writing or sent along from somebody else by message, or in this case, asking the church leaders, the elders of the church, to actually come to where he was. And what he says to them, um, I've sort of broken down into four things. One, he tells them about his own example of the way in which he served them when he was with them in Ephesus. You may remember that Paul spent three full years in Ephesus teaching them. So he tells about his example. And then he talks about his life mission in one single verse. And then he gives them a dire warning about what's ahead for the church. And then lastly, he gives them a prayer of commendation and blessing. So I want to look first at the um, example that Paul gives. Paul's the minister to the church at Ephesus, and he just begins unfolding in verse 18 his example to them. And he begins by talking about his consistency as a minister to them. And he says, you know how I lived among you the whole time, the whole three years I was there. From the first day I set foot in Asia, the entire time, I mean, he's talking about his service at Ephesus and he's describing in another verse later we read, night and day, I didn't, I didn't fail to admonish you with tears. And he's just saying, you know, part of the effectiveness of a minister is consistency. The next verse describes um, the authenticity that Paul described. Uh, I serve the Lord with all humility and tears with all humility and tears. I mean, Paul loved the church at Ephesus and he got so earnest to be around them and with them and um, he admonished them with, with all tears and humility. And I think he just said that to say, you know, it was real for me. All the things I said to you, I, I, I meant it. And anyone who serves in the capacity of a spiritual leader to another person, it what he teaches must be true of himself. What she tries to share with others must 
be exported from what is real within her if she's a spiritual leader to others. And Paul just said, I, I, I did this with all humility and with tears. Uh, the third thing I see about his example is that he did it with a really persevering spirit. Um, he went through trials of all the plots of the Jews. He he'd suffered many things as he ministered at Ephesus, but he kept persevering. To be a minister, you have to have perseverance. Um, the th fourth thing I would say about his example in verse 20 is he was bold. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you in public and from house to house. I, I was bold to tell you everything that you needed to know, the whole counsel of God. And he just said, um, we weren't afraid to talk about things. We, we talked about whatever we had to talk about. And I just see in these verses, when Paul's describing his example, a consistency, an authenticity, a perseverance, and a boldness to declare everything that had to be declared to the church so the church could be planted and grow and be steady. You know, every minister of God needs these qualities in order to be effective in planting the church. And the fourth or fifth quality is um, there in verse 21, testifying to both Jews and Greeks. I, I would call this, in Paul's example of his life, the aim of what he was doing. He's preaching for repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that the aim of everything he did in the church was to bring people to turn their lives around toward God. That's what repentance means, to turn around and to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the mission of the church. A church is getting confused today because churches are getting pulled in all kinds of directions. And did you know, I have a friend who works in the placement of pastors for new churches. And he just called me up out of the blue a couple weeks ago and said, I just want to know how you're doing through all this COVID. I said, man, it's really challenging. He said, I know in my role, of recruiting pastors to new roles, I'm trying to fill 300 positions for senior pastors. I said, why? He said, pastors are dropping like flies. They're just giving up. It's too hard. And I just kept thinking about Paul's example. It takes a steady, humble, perseverance, reliance on the Lord, being bold, and it's a, such a challenging work especially if you get off target. And Paul said, the aim of what I'm doing is to lead people to repentance and to lead people to have faith in Jesus. Can I just tell you that during the last three months, I have had so many emails from people who wanted to meet me to get on their target related to the election. And I've resisted. I, I know what my calling is, and I will never go to Washington, D.C. for political office. I know what God's called me to do. And I listen to Paul's example, and I just say, this is what I'm called to do. I'm called to try to be consistent, authentic, um, persevere through difficulty, be bold with everything that God has said and preach the whole counsel of God in season and out of season and have this as the target for Calvary Bible Church. Lead people to turn their lives back to God and believe that Jesus Christ really is the Savior of the world. That's what every pastor needs. 
I think Paul's saying that to the leaders of the church at Ephesus, the elders, he's saying to them, this is what an elder must do. This is what a spiritual influencer must do. Now, after he gives his own example, he distills his whole life mission in one verse. And that verse is in verse 24. Let me read it to you. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. It's as if in one sentence, a compound sentence, of course, for Paul, he distills his singular life mission. I want to be faithful to fulfill the course that God gave to me to preach the word of God and to explain the grace of God. And while I'm doing that, nothing will get in my way. In fact, I see my whole life, if you can let these words sink in, my life is not of any account to me or precious to me. This is so contradictory to our cultural values. Paul says, I don't account my life as dear to me or precious in any way. In other words, I really don't care what happens to me as long as I fulfill what God asked me to do. And he presents a countercultural message that belongs to every follower of Christ that my life is to obey him in everything that he's called me to do, even if I lost everything on his behalf. Do you know what the cultural message of the last eight months has been for the United States of America and perhaps all the world? Is it, I don't account my life as dear or precious to me. I don't care if I live or die. Of course not. The highest value in the United States and most of the world highlighted over the last eight months of COVID has been the highest value of life is to stay healthy and stay alive. And Paul just blows that up and says, I have one call in my life to fulfill what God has asked me to do. And it doesn't matter to me if it costs me my very life. Do you know of anybody else who said something along the same lines? Keep your finger here and turn back to the words of our Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. This is not Paul going crazy. It's Paul taking the words of Jesus and saying what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's a parallel passage of the same value of someone who says, my greatest treasure in life is Jesus, and for me to live is Christ. And if I die, that's a gain. Now, I'll admit to you, 
this is a very challenging 2020 statement about life and its values. But what Paul is driving at is we belong to Jesus. He's our king. We follow him and we listen to him. And Paul just said, I, my mission is I would not even disparage the loss of all things if I could just be obedient to Christ in the mission of my life, which is to finish the course that he set before me, to finish that course that I received from the Lord and to keep testifying about the gospel of grace. I just want you to today in your small group when you're meeting together just to think about what are the values of life that really conflict with the core teachings of the Bible? Like what is my life with God compared to what are all the voices of what makes life great? Can I just say to you, what makes life great, where the source of greatest joy is, is living out the call with Christ, center of our life, so that if I gained Christ but lost the world, I'd still be richer than any man who had all the treasures of this world but had not Christ. All right, that's Paul's mission. It's really clear. And he's trying to drive home to these leaders that he's gathered together. Listen, this is what I did. This was the mission of my life. And now I want to give you a warning, a warning that will shape your life as you begin to lead the church in Ephesus when I leave. He said, many of you will not see my face again. Um, Therefore, I testify to you, verse 26, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. I've done everything that God asked me. I've, I've not taken anything from anyone else. And I didn't shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God to you. And then he gives them this warning. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. He's talking to leaders of the church, and he's going to give them a warning. But we should just say, whose church is it that they're going to guard? It's the church of God. Do you see that in the verse? He's made you overseers of the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. The church doesn't belong to any of us. We love the church. I love the church. But I know that the church belongs to Jesus and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave someday. I'm going to pass off the scene. But Jesus is building his church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it because it belongs to him. And he loves the church and gave himself up for the church. We can't have a casual idea about what church is. And we've all been tested a little bit during COVID. I have a great fear that, that our experience of watching Church on television in the comfort of your sofa makes us all what someone has described as spiritual foodies. You know what a foodie is. A foodie is somebody who goes to restaurants and uh, they go to special restaurants because they serve special things and we're very exquisite about our choices of what food we will eat and won't eat and we'll go somewhere and say, oh, Um, the escargot was exquisite or the salad was perfectly dressed or whatever. And we analyze everything about the meal because we're foodies. My fear is that 
COVID has a built-in liability for us as Christians that we're becoming spiritual foodies because we sit in the comfort of our seats and we watch the sermon and say, I wonder if it's going to be good today. I wonder if if he's going to say anything worth listening to. And we analyze it the way we might analyze a meal in a restaurant and then make a decision whether we're going to listen to it. I, I want our view of the church to be, this is God's church. And what, what we try to do is to listen so carefully to his word that when it comes to us, we can hear it carefully. And Paul just says, you as leaders of the church need to pay careful attention to yourself and to all the flock over which you are overseers. You care for the flock. You, you take care of it. You nurture the flock. And every leader needs to have his vision for the church that he loves the church as Christ loves the church and so cares for every member of the church. But before he can care for the church, every leader, men or women, have to care for their own soul. Pay close attention to yourself. I think that drives home the need that every spiritual leader needs to be authentic in their own faith with Jesus before they lead others or as they lead others. Now, none of us are perfect in this and we all stumble in many ways, but the call is, unless I'm examining my own life, I don't have much to export to others. So to the leaders, a warning. Watch your own life and then take care of God's church and be aware in the verses that follow that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you. Paul said there's going to be some people who come in and threaten the church from the outside. Some culturally driven individuals are going to try to influence the church's direction about moral issues or cultural issues and say, you can't say that in the church or you must do this in the church. They're going to come in and divide the church from the outside they're going to be reintroduced to the church like the gray wolves in Colorado, maybe. Uh, wolves that want to devour the flock. And not only from the outside, but Paul said there may even come some from within your own midst who will fall away and teach twisted things and lead many people away. You know, I think my point about the whole foodies thing and listening carefully to the word of God is so that we will be strong in the word when these dangers come from the outside. It's a word of warning. And we live in a day in which we have threats from the outside. And potentially, we're, we're in a season where there is a great polarization in the culture that could infect the church. And we need to be careful that that doesn't occur at Calvary Bible Church, that we are a church united around the mission to make the gospel of grace known in the world and not be harmed by other influences. That's the warning. Finally, Paul gives a prayer. It's a prayer of commendation to them. And that prayer um, is in verse 32. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. It's as if Paul gives them a closing prayer because he knows he's never going to see them again in person. And he says, I, I give you to God. The word commend is the same word that Jesus used on the cross when he cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I, I give it to you. And Paul's saying, now, church at Ephesus, I give you to God. You belong to him. You're his church. 
You're going to be led by frail, fragile humans. I give you to God. This church is led by frail, fragile, weak humans. But we belong to God. So our prayer is, God, you keep Calvary in your hand. We commit our church to God and to the word of his grace. To the word of his grace, that's the word of God, the words about grace, the apostolic teaching. I commit the church at Ephesus to the truth about the grace of God. Because if you move off the grace of God, that we are only here by his saving mercy and grace, we'll get so off course, we'll get crazy. We're anchored in the grace of God. None of us deserve his favor, but we've all tasted it and love it together and we share it together. So Paul says, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, that word which is able, see it, to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. It's the word of God, listened to carefully, entering into our soul that's able to build up our spiritual life. So may I just say, my prayer for us as a church and for every church in which Christ is the Lord is that they would know they belong to God. He's our Savior. He's our King. Better than any earthly president, He is our leader. We belong to Him. And we will be built up to face every trial, every tribulation, every attack from the outside or infiltration on the inside of the church as we are built up in our holy faith in the words of grace, the words of God. So grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're in this series together, to listen to the word of God and to let it penetrate our soul. In just a moment, a few moments after we sing, you're going to go to your small home church or maybe you'll interact on Zoom with someone else. I wonder what you'll talk about today. Maybe you'll talk about the ways in which Paul's life mission and basic biblical commitment about the most dear thing in my life is pleasing Jesus, not living or being healthy. I want to be healthy, but it doesn't eclipse pleasing Jesus at all costs. Maybe you'll talk about those influences. Or maybe you'll talk about the example of Paul, his consistency, his boldness, his perseverance in difficulty, and maybe just talk about which one of those is most challenging in your life. Or you know, maybe you'll talk about his prayer to be built up in the word. I don't know what, what will resonate with you, but as you interact together, you're going to be built up in your conversations And then I encourage you to pray for each other. Would you pray as we've been praying for three months? Pray for the unity of our church. Pray for the witness to our community. And pray for our nation as this crazy election cycle unfolds and then reforms. How should we live in the midst of that? I want to pray that the words that we've spoken today will take root in our lives and that we will apply them as the church called Calvary that belongs to God. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you've given us models to follow and that we can see the life of Paul and hear his words and we can be challenged as we seek to be leaders and disciplers of others. And as we grow as a church during these tumultuous days, I pray 
that the things that we've learned from Paul, that is single-minded focus to preach the gospel toward repentance and to bring people to faith in Jesus and to fulfill everything that you called him to do would translate into the way in which we live today, following in obedience the things that you've called us to. Some of us who are not going to be pastors, not going to be spiritual leaders in the church, but all of us who have been called to follow Jesus in the way in which you've called us. Let us be faithful. Let us be on guard for what's going on in our own life this very morning. Teach us how to take heed of our own well-being spiritually and to be authentically following you today. And then, God, I commit Calvary Bible Church to you to your good grace and care. Protect us in this season. Keep us from dangers outside the church. Keep us from disharmony in the church and build us up in our faith around the truth of God's word. We pray for this together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.